Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our co-host again is Mary Pollin, and today she will share her secrets when it comes to digital strategy, because she's the founder of Digital Strategy School, and she's been teaching that for years. Hi, Mary. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled. Um, so... Tell us, let's get started. What is digital strategy? I actually have a hard time pronouncing it all the time. <laughs> digital strategy, right. <laughs> so what is it and uh, how can you cook it, you know? <laughs> yeah, so it's basically a plan for how you're going to use digital tools to um, achieve business results. So it's kind of vague, right? But it's a little bit of, um, I call it uh, design thinking meets uh, business strategy. So sometimes it's figuring out, you know, what marketing channels you're going to be using. Uh, but essentially, it's identifying your goals, uh, taking stock of where you are now and where you want to be and then identifying kind of what's what's the best way to get there what's going to be your highest return on investment um, and kind of laying out a plan for what's it going to take to actually reach your goals so let's get started with the roots originally uh, your idea with digital strategy was so that designers can uh, you know introduce business perspective into their consulting practice and started and to start getting treated as consultant and um, business specialists I like in my experience I approached that calling myself a consultant and doing mm -hmm. like product strategy and you call that digital strategy. I imagine these are a little bit different angles. So um, how did you come up to that, you know, term and how did you come up with the idea that that's necessary for the designers to level up their careers? Yeah, and I'm sure there's a ton of overlap um even in what you and I do. Um but really how I got started in digital strategy was I worked at an agency where I was being sort of hired as a designer but also as a digital strategist and at the time I didn't even know you know, what exactly does encompass digital strategy. And so I got to sit in in some of the meetings with my boss and he was making recommendations to um, the company that we were in the meeting with. And he was saying, um, oh, you guys got to make your products open source and I'd recommend a rebrand. And all of the recommendations he was making kind of had nothing to do with design. And I remember thinking, wow, like they're hiring you guys as a design studio and here you are making these recommendations that go way beyond design. Um, and that's when I started to realize, oh, there's there's way more at stake here. There's way more um, considerations to factor in. And so I started to see that with digital strategy, it was sort of um, building up someone's digital presence, but sometimes that means making decisions that have nothing to do with design. It's, it's looking at product development or, you know, um, improving products and services or maybe letting certain services go because they're actually not serving the greater goal. Um, so I just started to see how there was this potential here to, if if you can help your clients grow in ways beyond just, you know, improving their landing pages, but actually saying, hey, like, how do your, your, your processes and systems work behind the scenes? Do we need to make improvements to the way you guys work in order to actually meet your goals? You know, the website is just really one way of getting there. So I just started to see how all of these different pieces fit together. And that was giving my design projects a different perspective. And when I was talking to other designers, I started seeing that they didn't necessarily have that insight, that agency level 
digital strategy insight. Um, and so that's kind of informed the way that I work with my clients. Um, and I saw there was an opportunity there to show other designers that, hey, you know, you can move beyond just being seen as somebody moving pixels around on a page. There's there's so much more to it than that. So that was kind of the beginning um, is just having these conversations with designers. And they're like, well, well, how did you like, how do you know that you can do that? Or, or like, you know, does the client let you do that? And I was like, the client wants to grow their business. And so how you do that can can take a number of different forms, right? Absolutely. I think that designers that are willing to go into digital strategy, they have a hard time. Uh, they actually think that they lack knowledge necessary to do that. While it's more importantly not about the knowledge, but about the way you pitch your services, yes. about the process, and about the deliverables that you you do in the client work. Uh, so actually, everyone can master that. But maybe there are some resources that we can point our listeners towards, where they can you know make sure that they know business essentials just to preach that digital strategy. You know. Uh, mantra for clients. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And you know, I still consider myself a bit of a generalist. Um, you know, so I learned a little bit about all of the different pieces. And there's going to be things that I'm going to go to as my sort of go to um, tools or, or tricks and that sort of thing. So for example, I love um, client and customer onboarding. So I love helping somebody design the process of their onboarding. Um, even just a basic website, if someone is signing up for a service, you know, I used to have clients that would have no, like there's no questionnaire, there's no introduction, there's no way of kind of putting up any roadblocks for their client. So um, even something as simple as helping someone in the in the way that they get a new customer, that can be a huge improvement to somebody's, um, somebody's business. So everyone's going to take, I think, a bit of a different um, leaning or a different approach. Some designers are so great on the brand side of things. So sometimes improving, you know, a company's uh, brand presence and their positioning is going to be, um, you know, huge ROI for that company. So I always encourage the designers um, in digital strategy school anyways to figure out, you know, what do you lean towards? Are you a data nerd? You know, do you love the search engine side of things? Um, is it the e-commerce stuff that's interesting? Maybe it's in designing really amazing sales pages um, and tracking the conversions on that. Sometimes it's social media. Like I know a lot of digital strategists that mostly focus on social media. Um, so there's, I think there's a lot of room for digital strategists to kind of uh, take on their own flavor and, and take on their own uh, brand of, of strategy. So you're saying essentially that digital strategy is no single craft and there is no like textbook on that, but that's rather a combination of the person's unique talents that can help the client's business grow. Is that right? That's honestly, that's my personal, um, that's my sort of personal view on it is that um, not only am I factoring in, you know, what are my natural strengths, but then also uh, what is my client's natural strength? Am I really going to recommend that they do webinars if they really hate being on video? I mean, I could make that recommendation to them, but I might also say, you know what, my client maybe um, doesn't show up in the strongest way on video. Maybe we should focus on, you know, their content marketing in a different way, like through blogging or a resource library. So I think the ability to meet someone where they're at and, and just kind of recognize your own strengths and weaknesses and even your own um, knowledge gaps. Like I'm not an expert, you know, search engine marketer. So if I were recommending that as a direction, I might pull in an expert or a friend of mine and say, hey, I really think a search engine strategy is going to make sense for this client. Is this something you can help me with and bring on the right people? But so I think that sort of generalist perspective of, okay, I, I get a sense of what's going to make sense for this client. I'm not always the one executing on it. Um, 
Um, but I do believe kind of factoring in, um, you know, what do you enjoy and what are your strengths that you can bring to the table? Your digital strategy is going to look different. Um, and in your case, for example, with the product development side of things or UI, that's going to be your primary focus, right? And I'm sure you do a lot of digital strategy, but you're going to see it through a different lens. Um, so yeah, if you look it up online, you're going to see a ton of different, um, different perspectives, different leanings, different definitions. Um, so I kind of keep a keep a general idea of, of digital strategy. And then I, I sort of have my own pillars through which I view. Um, for example, I always um, recommend that people look at their brand, their content, their design, social media, e-commerce, communication, search, and um, what's the market. So that's those are kind of the pillars that I, I look through when I'm beginning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have some trouble with the term digital because... Um, that's still some mystery to me because there is a number of advertising ag agencies and and such which I don't belong to this universe definitely <laughs> so uh, when it's transformed uh, translated into Russian it's like we're doing digital for ya you know <laughs> so what exactly is that digital thing you know as someone who builds software and SaaS uh, applications I do understand what digital means but these people who are not from the programming world they definitely you know have that different kind of definition for that what's your take on the term yeah I mean I mostly just see it as um, you know online tools and so um, for example, my strength is not necessarily uh, marketing within an in-person event or, or that sort of thing. Like most of the tools that I use are, again, just using like tools in the cloud. It's using it's using the Internet. It's using various digital um, digital tools. So that's yeah. that's really just as I, I see it being, uh, you know, digital methods to to improve a business's success. I guess these days that's been replaced by cloud you know yeah it's exactly. been, uh, digital before now it's cloud something cloud something trendy <laughs> exactly right so uh, let's walk through the actual process uh, of how a designer can start applying digital strategy methods in their workflow or you know how um SaaS founder could approach their own SaaS uh, strategy using the same method. So right. let's start with the you know uh, the task itself, and then go into the process and into deliverables. Yeah. So the first thing you would want to start with is kind of a business audit of sorts. So you know, let's take a look. If, if you're doing this for a client, you'd be like, okay, what are we dealing with now? So I would take a look at um, you know. How, how established is the brand? How well known is the brand? Um, you know, how is it perceived in the market? Is there a consistent brand voice? So basically, I go through those different pillars with a, a bit of a business audit and say, um, where, what are we dealing with now? What do we already have to work with? You know, how much content has already been created? Are we starting from ground zero? Is this, you know, a new brand or an old brand? Um, how much kind of property do we have to work with? And who's the customer? You know, like, so I would build out a customer persona and say, who, who are we currently talking to? How do they currently find you? Um, where do you currently engage with them? You know, some people might already be really active on social media or not. So just kind of identifying um, what are we what are we dealing with? Uh, and even your know, competitor analysis, depending on whether that's important to um, 
you know, the client that you're talking with. Uh, I don't, I don't put a ton of emphasis on competitor analysis. I focus more on the customer persona first, um, and then identify, you know, market trends, opportunities, threats. So, you know, uh, what's the client currently doing to measure their success? You know, what, what services and products are they successfully selling right now? Uh, what are the pain points or do they have unhappy clients? Uh, what channels are currently being used? Um, and yeah, just seeing like how how much the client is actually doing already to measure or track your success. And that can be the same with with your SaaS. You know, what are you currently doing uh, to measure your success? Mm-hmm. So, so that would be like a situational analysis and kind of look at uh, what are we dealing with? Uh, and then I would move on to say, OK, objectives, where do we want to be? Obviously, everybody wants to grow their business or make more money, but just getting really specific on is it, you know, customer acquisition? Is it conversions? Is it list building? Uh, is it sales, you know? Um, just increasing overall sales, customer service, um, or sorry, customer happiness, engaged customers. Like maybe you've you've you're getting tons of customers, but they're not super engaged, or they're not super happy, or maybe your churn rate is really high. Um, so I would say identifying you know three three goals tops, um, and depending on the company, I would help them figure out you know, is this like a 90 day goal? Is it a six month goal? And let's kind of map out some, some bigger objectives, and then also some really specific ones. Um, so maybe like increase website visitors by X amount, or increase email subscribers by X amount, or, um, you know, increase customer engagement, and then how are we going to measure that? So that would be um, your objectives. Then you'd move on to the strategy. So it's kind of like a work back schedule. What's it going to take to actually get there? Um, you know, sometimes that's going to involve a rebrand or a repositioning. Um, sometimes it's strategic partnerships um, and identifying who those partnerships are going to be, coming up with a social media strategy. Um, usually some kind of content strategy is going to be involved in that. Uh, maybe it's outbound. Maybe it's inbound. Um, is there a mobile strategy, uh, search engine marketing? And sometimes it's even actually business remodeling. So you might actually want to take a peek at, um, like, what's the company's revenue plan? And um, do we need to, you know, get rid of certain products and services that aren't really helping you grow and actually getting really, really focused? So sometimes it's a bit of uh, business remodeling. I would love to hear your thoughts, how you actually make people listen to you there. (laughs) I know, I mean, charging a lot is one recipe for success, but still, like, even if I charge a lot, I don't have guts to tell the person, you know, kill that product and focus on the other. Mm. I mean, I do say that from time to time, definitely with reasoning. However, that's really hard for the, for the designer to transition to that. tough strategy field so it's about having guts and it's about you know making people listen to you what's your take on that yeah and i do think there's a certain level of experience involved in that too so i think if a designer is kind of transitioning into digital strategy i think that would be really intimidating to just be like you need to like totally flip your business model on its head you know i think the client's gonna be like "Mm, are you sure Uh, so i think a certain amount of experience and just seeing the way businesses work is is going to be you know necessary before you can start making some of these recommendations Uh, and i you know i feel pretty confident when i'm talking with a client and they're telling me about their business um, you know, you can usually tell by the way they're talking about something. I'll say, do you even enjoy that side of your business? Like, I'm, I'm getting a sense that, um, you know, you're spending a lot of time there, but that's not actually the part that you really enjoy. Is that true? Um, so I try to come at it from a questioning standpoint um, and just kind of probe and try and ask the right questions to get them to kind of, in a way, almost come to the conclusion on their own. Um, and so sometimes that just gives them permission. Like, they didn't even realize 
oh, like I don't even have to do that if I don't want to. Um, and, and of course, at the end of the day, it's their decision. So I can make recommendations and say, you know, have you thought about maybe dropping that side of your business and really only focusing on this? And they'll be like, wow, I, oh, man, I didn't even think that I could do that. And I was like, of course you could do that. Um, now let's come up with ways to actually increase revenue from this other part of your business that you want to focus on. Um, so I'm not really, I'm not super pushy about the way that I approach it, but I try and sort of lay out the options and position it that it's in the best interest of, of the business owner because um, I, I want them to enjoy their business. And if there's parts of their business that um, they don't enjoy and isn't really bringing them revenue, then there's ways, I think, to kind of tweak it to, to make it more enjoyable. Absolutely. So let's imagine, I mean, we are all designers by craft and people call us designers yet. However, there is like another given name you give to yourself. Let it be product strategist, mm -hmm. uh, you know, UX coach, digital strategist whatsoever. But when I, when clients approach you, they still want design. How do you make that tweak um, into convincing them take the, let's say, road mapping session first or whatever that uh, thing is that you're pitching, let's say business audit that you mentioned. Yeah, I guess I, I feel a little bit lucky in the sense that, um, you know, if, if someone comes to me and I don't have availability for the implementation, um, they're usually willing to, to do the roadmapping session because they're like, yay, like I just want to work with you in some capacity and I would love you to kind of oversee what's happening. Um, and then with Digital Strategy School, I have access to so many talented designers and I could say, all right, I know this client is really going to need somebody who's great with branding and then I can actually recommend them to the right people. Um, so in the beginning, I can help set them up with the roadmap and kind of work through the beginning parts of the project and then we can do a handoff and they can work work more with another designer. Um, if it's a really exciting project, then I'll totally take it on and I'll do the implementation as well. But at this point, I can be a little, you know, picky and choosy and, and just say, well, you know, I'd like to just help with this part of it. And I know the perfect person who could, who could help you with the rest of it. Um, yeah. Actually, it's a perfect recipe to justify high rates. If you only want to kind of, you know, pick the top cherry of the work. So you can say, You do digital, digital strategy yourself, and then you delegate the remaining parts of the work to the, uh, you know, regular designer who has way cheaper rates than yourself, right? Absolutely. And that's a great way uh, just to pitch your services as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I encourage designers to just... Um, I think the easiest way for designers to start getting into it is to... Um, Just start practicing with clients that aren't paying you and, you know, over deliver and start working on a document in the background um, and, you know, set up some ideas, you know, identify some opportunities for your clients um, and present it in a really nice document and just say like, hey, I know we've been working together over a couple months. I've just put some thoughts together for you. Um, I've, I've looked in on your analytics and here's what I've noticed um, and just kind of go above and beyond where a client isn't expecting it and test the waters there in a kind of low risk way um, and just see what see what happens. Um, you know, are you able to get somebody some results that you can then start to work into your um, your testimonials and that sort of thing? So I say start small and, and get some experience under your belt and then you can start to charge for it and say, yes, I've done this for people and I feel really comfortable in my recommendations. And then you can start to to move your way up. But uh, I always say just start start by over delivering with a few people when they're not expecting it. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. So I think the biggest shift you have to make is that mindset that you're actually capable of delivering such advice. And then you just take that as a given and start practicing it with the clients and then work your way up towards a desired, you know, format or rate. 
Absolutely. And I mean, as designers, we get the advantage, at least um, web designers, you get to see so many different businesses, right? You get to see um, even like the back end of different websites and, and kind of people's workflow. And um, I feel like with web design, there's such a unique insight that we get into so many different types of businesses that inevitably, every time I'm working with a new client, I'm like, oh, I actually saw that this worked really well with this other client, do you want to try that? And so I'm always kind of bringing in that past knowledge and that past experience into future projects. And I can, I can sort of back it up with data and say, Hey, you know, this one client did a free course that led into, you know, their, their paid offering and that worked really well for them. What could we learn from that and apply it to your business? Um, so the more, you know, the more clients you work with, the more insight that you have to kind of bring forward. Absolutely. We discussed that we have a mastermind group called Productized Consulting Roundtable. Mm. And we, we have like retreats and we wrote a book together. And one of the important insights that we and conclusions that we've come up to is that exactly we have that privilege of working with multiple businesses and seeing their stories so that the insight and the mindset that we get is pretty much different from anyone who's focused on their own business only especially for like a long time so yeah. that makes everyone uh you know that makes everyone qualify for that even if you're just a designer working with clients and you bring up a really great point about, you know, not working in a bubble, right? So I think um, at least I've seen a lot of designers in the past have, have really sort of worked on their own and, and you kind of think you got to keep your secret sauce to yourself and nobody was was kind of sharing. And I feel like that that sort of culture is, is um, shifting a little bit and people are much more willing to share what they've learned and ask for help and, and provide support. So having masterminds like that, I think is so invaluable to get that uh, different perspective of someone who's maybe in a similar but different field. Um, and even in unrelated fields, I think there's so much to learn between each other that you really got to get out of your own bubble and uh, just see how other people are doing it. Absolutely. And one of the Big topics that come up very often comes up very often is that should we, you know, share our de deliverables, our templates, uh, swipe files, techniques, because that kind of means that you're giving away that secret sauce that you mentioned. However, we've come up to the conclusion that the biggest component of that is still your personality and your qualification. Yeah. And whoever you share that with still going to have their own, you know, path and their own style of dealing with clients. So you shouldn't be afraid of giving away that knowledge. That's exactly what we're doing now. We're not scared at all that someone's going to, you know, come and become our competitors, right? <laughs> I love that you brought that up too, because, you know, I, I don't think there is any, you know, cookie cutter way of doing this stuff. And um, I try to explain that as much as I can in digital strategy school that I have a very particular you know, way of moving through the world. And, you know, I have my own strengths and weaknesses. And so you can't necessarily take this templates, you know, switch out different client uh, information and just kind of take it and run with it. Like you could do that, but it wouldn't really be, you know, best serving your own strengths. And so I try to encourage people, you know, use this as a guideline, you know, what, what can you take from it that's going to make sense for you? And where is there room to innovate on it? Um, don't look at mine as the sort of, um, you know, this is the only way to do it. And so in the language and in the copy, I try to encourage people like take from this what is useful but also don't be afraid to to kind of find your own way with it exactly and one of the big things is uh, finding your own language mm -hmm. for example one of my friends nick de sabato he has a ton of um, a ton of experience with people ripping off their his copy from sales pages because he's got like famous long-form sales uh, sales um. pages up and uh, there are some tools online where you can run, you know, for plagiarism and see what other 
people are using the same exact words that you were. And he finds a ton. So what he says that, of you know, finding your own language is inevitable part of becoming an established consultant. And I think that was one of my biggest discoveries too, that you can explain a lot of things in plain English just in your own personal manner. Like I'm pretty, uh, you know, informal in my reports and that's totally fine. And I know consultants who are even more informal and I know consultants who are, you know, pouring business jargon all over the place. And that's all right because that's their, you know, personality out there. Yeah, but and you bring up a good point again, is that if you like, let's say you send a proposal to a client, and you're using like a ton of jargon, and then when they encounter you in a meeting or in person, and that's not how you speak, like there's, there's a dissonance there, right? And the client's going to notice it. So that really is about setting expectations. Absolutely. I'd love to point out um, and talk about deliverables because ourselves as designers, we have that huge power of putting together pretty PDFs and documents and making everything look uh, way decent that it w- would be just looking in, in plain email, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I think PDF as a file format, it has huge power inside enterprise and inside client's mind just because it's a uh, finalized document. And I'm sure you have a ton of experience designing your own deliverables and helping uh, your, uh, you know, mentees do their mm-hmm. deliverables. So could you share your insight on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I use InDesign to put my documents together. But you know, more and more these days, I'm actually using um, just branded Google documents. So I'm keeping it really simple. Um, and trying not to get too hung up on the design of a document. Um, but yeah, okay. I definitely do some pretty... <laughs> now we have two... Uh, yeah, I just said like that is so important to make it pretty. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, the pretty, like, the pretty is important for sure. And I think um, there's lots... Like there's actually lots of uh, people in DSS that aren't necessarily um, like design isn't really their focus. Like we actually have people that are copywriters or marketers and that sort of thing. Um, and I think they get really hung up like, oh, no, I can't put put something together because I, I don't have InDesign. And I just say, keep it simple. You know, like you could do a branded uh, Google document and export it as a PDF, uh, but just kind of start simple wherever you're at. Obviously, if you're a designer, you've got a huge advantage of being able to set up some really gorgeous InDesign documents. So that's that's what I've been kind of doing in the past. And um, so I have a strategy document that I'll send the client maybe a few uh, weeks or in the first month of working together. That's um, I sort of position it as a working document. Uh, It's still like a really nice looking PDF. And it's got, you know, their business name, their unique selling proposition, who their audience is and what the brand tone and personality. And it's kind of like a design brief designed really nicely just to kind of show them, hey, like, are we on the same page? Let's make sure that I'm really clear on who your you know, most valuable customer is. Um, and it just kind of outlines everything. And even just the client being able to see their own business translated back to them, I think is actually quite powerful. Um, so I don't think it needs to be super um not super fancy or you don't have to go overboard, but just sort of, this is what I'm hearing. You know, this is what I'm seeing. This is what you've told me. And here's what I understand. Is this correct? Um, And then I can start to build out this document over time as we work together. Um, And I'll even identify things like who are their assets and allies, you know, so I encourage them, like, make a list of your allies who are friends and bloggers and teachers and, um, you know, maybe people that have bigger lists than you, people that you could partner with. And I start to identify some of these four people um, and also get them to chip in as well. So they may have some that I haven't thought of as well. So we put together things like a competitive landscape. So 
I'll find like three to five examples of people that are either in a similar space and kind of look at their business model. Um, you know, what are they selling? Are they selling membership programs with ongoing resources? Um, you know, what is their their email funnel look like? Do they have video courses? And I'll just start to identify um, some people that are maybe at a similar level as them, people that they could use as examples, um, and just kind of check out what the competitive landscape is going. And uh, people have admitted, you know, their jaws kind of drop when they see this document and and they're able to kind of um, take a sort of high level look at their business. Yes. And there are two things I'd like to point out here. One, it's extremely powerful to put their people's own words onto writing. And, you know, recording conversation works amazing here because you're able to actually reuse their own phrases to put together strategy documents. And that's a huge, powerful psychological move. Have you ever applied anything like that? <laughs> oh, definitely. Even with the uh, the digital strategy um, school homepage, I've had designers go, oh my gosh, it's like you were in my head. And it's like, yeah, it's because I am you in your head. <laughs> on a forum. You said that on a forum somewhere. <laughs> yeah, basically. So I think it's hugely valuable. And uh, the second thing I'd like to point out is that, uh, you know, your own format of that report is going to become reusable and it's going to be yeah, like, like your lighthouse in the world of client work because you get to bring your own process and thoughts and even reusable chunks of text into every new gig and, you know, have that uh, structure brought in from the mere structure of a document. Yeah, it makes everything so much easier. So when I'm starting with a new project, I just open up that uh, like basic strategy document and I open it up. And so I can go through and say, okay, let's let's switch out those competitors. Let's switch out, you know, uh, those different pages. But the whole structure of the document still stands. And each time I work with a new client, I'll, I'll tend to improve that document too. So I'll say, oh, you know, maybe I'll include that area on the customer personas and, and here's how I'm going to do that differently. So I, I really do consider it, you know, um, a work document uh, both with the client but also as my own you know process document that's going to evolve over time and um, it's just going to keep getting better and better mm -hmm. um, is there anything else you'd like to point out in the in the process of delivering that uh, strategy that you outlined because one thing is outlining the steps which is amazing and all of us can preach that <laughs> me too <laughs> But when it comes to implementation, it's pretty different. And what if the client fails to follow your recommendations? Or what if they fail to achieve the objectives? What happens then? Oh, uh, they don't meet their business goals. <laughs> right. But you're kind of the one standing behind that thing. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, like I actually, um, I take a very hands-on approach when I'm working with clients. So um I'll even identify things like I can tell when a client is blocked by like maybe they're intimidated by writing copy or maybe they're overwhelmed by something because they're they're taking way too many courses, you know, and they're like, this person said I need to work on my funnel and my list and they kind of get overwhelmed. Um, so as much as possible, I try to break it down into really specific um, measurable steps and I'll be checking in with them. So I'll say, OK, great. Like so before our next meeting, you know, 
which of these things do you think you could get done by the time we next talk? Um, and I'm kind of, you know, on their butt about uh, getting those things done. And, and we work on it together so that we do make sure that we're making a plan that's achievable. So um, I can say, like, is this a, a thing that you think we can get done in three months? I want to make sure that you're committed to and that I can, you know, help you help support you in, in actually making that happen. Um, so I'm all for creating realistic goals, um, accountability and support. And if I need to help provide them with some resources to um, whether it's educating them or um, just letting them know that even like providing templates, you know, if they're really stuck with the content, which everybody is, everybody's always uh, <laughs> has a hard time doing the writing piece. Mm -hmm. I might say, great. Do you need to hire a copywriter? I have some people I could recommend to you. Um, but just whatever I need to do to kind of bust some of those blocks and get them taking action. Um, that's kind of what I do. Not every strategist is, is going to be as hands-on as me for sure. But um, I like the sort of long-term uh, hands-on support. It's actually the best way to ensure that your own work doesn't end up on the shelf as strategic mm -hmm. advice. <laughs> Merely. Absolutely. Um, that's great. But I think there is a big problem there setting your own, you know, limits to your, you know, access to, so that they don't abuse your inbox, they don't abuse your attention, mm -hmm. so that it's a balance. Yeah. How do you deal with that? I have hard trouble defining those, you know, I, I swear by productized consulting, so I try to formalize these rules of communication, how we can uh, continue working and checking up on the work. And I have hard trouble, hard time formalizing these. Um, maybe you have better advice for me? <laughs> I also have trouble with this, and that's why I charge a lot. Um, <laughs> okay, now going back to that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I try to build scope creep and, and support into my pricing. Um, and sort of like you, I'm experimenting with productized consulting as well. So, you know, the client's there's the clients that I have where I do the implementation and I'm a lot more hands-on with those people and the ones where I'm just doing the consulting, I might be providing them with some worksheets and, um, you know, resources to kind of help them take action, but I'm not, you know, with them, you know, day to day and checking in with them all the time. It's sort of like, great, well, you know, when our next call is and here's the resources that you might need. Um, and there's only so much I can do to kind of make sure that they're taking action. Um, so yeah, you know, I struggle with that too, is like how, how much support do I give if this person's only paying me x amount uh, but with my implementation clients i'm i don't i don't like fussing over like oh i've already spent this much time with them and, and getting resentful so i basically charge enough that i don't get resentful all right that sounds good <laughs> so we have exactly the same solution to that problem there is no way to formalize human relationships and yeah. you know working processes because these are so intricate and unique i guess <laughs> definitely so just working them into your pricing with a big overhead so that you're happy financially and then, you know, happy. Uh, someone who's happy financially is definitely happy <laughs> when it comes to limits, right? Definitely, yeah. So wrapping up today's episode, I'd love you to give two pieces of advice for those designers who want to become digital strategies and start practicing that. A big do and a big don't. Oh, big do. Um, a big do is to um, use every client as a chance to experiment with learning more about digital strategy. So, you know, um, create your own basic document, uh, make sure you're including customer personas, some competitor research, um, identifying opportunities for your clients. It can be really small to start if you're just getting started um, and just use it as a chance to over deliver something uh, to clients that you know, weren't expecting it and weren't necessarily paying you for it. I look at every client as an experiment uh, to kind of add to my repertoire. 
Um, a big don't, I would say, um, I don't promise something if you don't have some level of experience with it. Um, you know, you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're, you're, you're probably panicking and like, Oh gosh, I promised the client I was going to do this and I haven't figured it out yet. Um, so yeah, I would say, uh, stick to kind of stick to what you know, but be willing to experiment on your own time, at least while you're beginning. That would mm-hmm. sort of be where I would recommend. That is starting. great advice. I'm sure. I'm sure that can take uh, anyone to, to big success if applied <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, start start small. Treat everything like an experiment. Absolutely. So what would be number one resource online? Well, digital strategy school. <laughs> all right. Um, give us a link to that. But what would be other resource or tip that you'd recommend for reading for those who want to get the primer on digital strategy? Uh, there's a few great books, um, I would say. Um, one of them is The Strategic Web Designer. The Strategic Web Designer. Nice. By, I will link to that in show notes. Mm-hmm. That's by Chris Butler. That's a really great one. Um, for me, yeah. that was definitely the primer that sort of was like, oh, I see what's what's possible here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one, I think it's actually The Strategic Designer. Huh. <laughs> Those guys are definitely on the same page while writing them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. One is less less focused on the website of things, but still um, extremely relevant. It just talks about the changes that are happening, um, you know, with sort of design thinking and how there's room to uh, move beyond being a pixel pusher. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. So thanks for joining us today and see you in the next episode talking about your SaaS founder career, right? Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.